Hey, I'm Brandon, the online campus pastor here at Big Valley Grace, and thank you for taking a moment to watch this message. It is the teaching portion from one of our live weekend worship gatherings, and we have those every single weekend here online and in person, and I just want to extend an invitation to you to join us. We're just a local church, local body of believers, and we would love if you would join us uh, on a weekend upcoming here sometime soon. Uh, but as we get headed into this message together, a couple things just want to point you to. One is a connect card. If there's any way that, that we can pray for you, if you want to contact us, that connect card form is just a really great way uh, to let us know that you're joining us. Any next steps you want to take, stuff like that is right on there. Also, if you want to bring in offering, a worshipful gift uh, to King Jesus, you can do that right on our give page on our website or via text. So hope you enjoy the unpacking, the unfolding of the word as we look at it together. Welcome again to Big Valley Grace Community Church. Welcome to everyone who is in the room with me right here in the worship center on the Modesto campus. And welcome to everyone who I'm in the room with you, whatever room you're in, in the online campus. If it is your very first time at Big Valley Grace Community Church, we want you to know we're very glad that you're here. We hope that today is an incredible encouragement to you and really builds you up and that the good stuff, the God stuff that God has planned to pour into your life, that you would receive it well today and be encouraged. And that as you would move on from this place and face whatever it is you face next, that you'd be ready because you spent time with the Lord and his family, worshiping him, being in his word and encouraging one another. And so if it's your first time here, we want you to know we're really glad that you are. Thank you guys. Thank you to the team. We're in a series called Members of the Body, and we started this series looking at that Christ is the head of the body, and that all of the members of the body are to work together for the purpose of exalting the head, which is Jesus Christ. Without the head, there is no body, and so our purpose is to exalt Christ as members of his body. And that is the heart that we have for our church family, that here, this local expression of the body of Christ, that we would exalt Christ well, and that we would do that well together. It's really the heart behind why we've been sharing about our membership class, which is uh, available at different times and across all of our campuses, different times on our Modesto campus, different times on our online campus, different times on our series campus, and we also now have the option of an online, on-demand membership class at bigvalleygrace.org member, and we wanna share with you a minute of what that class is like to help you understand what it is, and so let's turn our attention to the screens to see that now. Don't we love on-demand? We love all our yep. on-demand television, yep. right? And not only informative, but this is a great warm welcome. Different sections of our membership class broken up. At that moment, you were a part of the ecclesia. Church authority is simply the Bible is our ultimate and only basis for our faith. And I'm gonna read it to you word for word because the words matter. All the content that we're gonna go through is available in a PDF on the webpage that you're watching. A member says, this is my home. This is the primary place of worship for me and my family. And give you some specifics about what it means to be a church. So easy to tell them about a God who loves them. Being a member is more than just piece of paper. It's about real connection, being family together, that you would belong. A complete and final 
Revelation membership class. It kind of has two parts. One is the video you just watched, but the second um, is a follow-up that we'd like to have with you. And Big Valley is a great place that one can call home. So welcome to the family of Big Valley Grace. I look forward to getting to know you better. Lord bless you. So please just hear from me personally a warm invitation into exploring more what it is to be a member of the body of Christ right here at Big Valley Grace Community Church. And I would encourage you to utilize the membership class for that purpose. We'd love to have you participate in it. Well, this set of chairs and a table here on the the platform are gonna help explain the passage we're gonna look at today. We're gonna be in Colossians chapter three, verses one through 17. We're gonna start rather slow in the passage and then we'll speed up as we go through it because the beginning of it is so thick it's gonna take some time to unpack it. If you don't have a Bible, we wanna give you a Bible today. The way on a Modesto campus we can do that is come to the altar room. It's a room we pray for people in. It's right here. After the gathering, we will give you a Bible. It is free. It is our gift to you. If you're with us online, please just reach out to Pastor Brandon Peterson, our online campus pastor, and he will get you a Bible. We want everybody to have a copy of the Word of God to read the Bible for yourself and to enjoy it. So here's a thought for us to begin. We're gonna look at the spiritual table. At the spiritual table, there are many seats. At the spiritual table, there are many seats. First, we're gonna look at what those seats are. Then we're gonna look at what kind of perspective should we have uh, considering those seats. And then what are our interactions with one another from seat to seat. So at the spiritual table, there are many seats. In Colossians chapter three, verse one, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So in this Very first verse here, we can find out that there are seats. There are seats, because it has the word seated. And we wanna look at those seats and who is seated. So the first is, seat number one is God the Father. And we're gonna have this chair right here at the head of the table. We're gonna have this chair represent God the Father for the purpose of the illustration. So in verse one, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So it's acknowledging that God the Father is present at the spiritual table in the heavenly realm, in the throne room. God the Father is present. So we'll have this chair right here represent God the Father. The second seat is God the Son. We'll have this chair right here represent God the Son, Jesus Christ. In verse one again, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is. So Christ is is in the scene at the spiritual table in the throne room in heaven. Christ is there where Christ is and it says that he's seated at the right hand of God. So you have God the Father and at the right hand of God the Father you have Christ seated there in the heavenly realm. Now a great question for us to ask is how is it that God the Father in the throne room of heaven has God the Son, Jesus Christ, seated at his right, seating at, I'll get it, seated at his right hand. Well, I wanna remind you of what the scripture teaches. In Philippians 2.8, it says, and being found in human form, so Jesus being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, 
even death on a cross. It's why when the church gathers in buildings or outside, there is most often a cross. Because the cross is the picture of the reminder of the cost that Jesus Christ paid for the redemption of us. And it was at the pleasure of God the Father that Jesus Christ became obedient even to the point of death, death on a cross to redeem us. Verse nine in Philippians chapter two goes on to say, what did God the Father then do? Well, therefore, God has highly exalted him. So God the Father highly exalts Jesus Christ and bestows on Jesus Christ the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. Think about that one. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so God the Father has elevated God the Son, Jesus Christ, into the throne room to sit at his right hand. And it is this name and this name alone, Jesus Christ, that every knee will bow. And it is this name and this name alone, Jesus Christ, that every tongue will confess. Before we go on, I wanna challenge you to think about the tongues you think are least likely to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Think about who those are. From your perspective, the tongues that you think are least likely to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There is coming a day when the knees that are attached to that tongue will bow before Jesus Christ. And that tongue will be loosed to speak the name of Jesus Christ and to praise the name of Jesus Christ. So I would encourage you, don't give up. Don't give up on sharing the gospel and sharing the good news and speaking about Jesus Christ even to the people that you think are least likely to praise his name. Because sooner or later, they will. Because every knee will bow before him and every tongue will confess. And so we're not gonna lose heart and continuing to share about the beautiful name of Jesus Christ and inviting people to place their faith in him. So we have two seats so far. Seat number one is God the Father. Seat number two is God the Son. Seat number three, we'll have this be seat number three right here, and this is the new you. It's not the old you. The old you doesn't get a seat, but it's the new you. It's the new you. And in this passage, we look at verse one and two again, actually one through three here. For if then you have been raised with Christ, okay, so it's, it's looking if you've been raised with Christ, if you have faith in Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth, for you have died, so your old life has died, the old you has died, and you have a new you, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. The new you is seated with Christ. And the perspective that God the Father in this seat and God the Son in this seat have when they look at your life, the new you, seated with them, they see it as already there. 
Look at the words that are used. It is in the past tense, it says raised. You have been raised. God the Father and God the Son see it as already complete that you've been raised. It says your life is hidden with Christ in God. God the Father and God the Son already see your life hidden with Christ. From the perspective of God the Father and God the Son, they see that you are already seated with Christ. You've been raised with him. Isn't that incredible? That's incredible. And 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, so let's thinking about the, you, the new you right now. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old's passed away. The old you is gone. Behold, the new has come. And it is incredible to consider that because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross and his blood shed for my sin, for your sin, we might have access to God the Father through Jesus Christ to have a seat at the table with God. That is incredible. Now, it's not just us. We can't think of it just as we're the only ones there, and here's why. In the first four verses of this passage, there are words you and your, and what they help us understand is what we'll call seat four here, and I don't have a table big enough, so we're just gonna have seat four represent all other believers. All other believers, because at the beginning of this passage, when it says you, when it says your, each time it says you and your in the first four verses, it is second person plural. What does that mean? That means when it says you, it actually means you all. And we have friends in the United States in different places that help us learn that theological truth with the word y'all. And I don't know what happened to my son. He's in college, he's in Southern California, and he's saying y'all now. And I, don't, I didn't know that was like a Southern California thing. So he's got new language that he keeps bringing back. It's y'all, you all. You all have been raised. So it's speaking to every person who's in Christ. You all have been raised. So set all of your minds because you all have died and you all have new life. You, your, it's plural. And so we don't think of it just as it's just our seat. No, there's another seat. It's many seats where brothers and sisters in Christ are also seated at the spiritual table with the Lord. Wow, what an incredible thing. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says we all, so thinking about these two, these two chairs here, we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image. That means you in seat three, the new you, in seat four, all the other believers, there's a process taking place. Somehow, God sees us as already seated with him, yet there's a process that's taking place right now that is trans we're all in process being transformed into one image, and it is the image of Jesus Christ. It's pretty exciting to be at the spiritual table with the Lord. Exciting stuff's happening. So we've looked at the spiritual table. We've considered the seats. We've got seat number one for the purpose of this illustration is God the Father. Seat number two is God the Son. Seat number three is the new you. And seat number four is all other believers. 
Now, understanding the seats at the table, how should we view it? What should our perspective be? How should we look at it? How should we be viewing this spiritual truth? Well, we're gonna look as this passage continues at six views, six views to guide our interactions as we gather together in groups, in smaller groups, as we gather together around a table and there's other believers there, whether it be a, a table for a meal or whether it be in a circle in a home where, we, where we're praying together and, and being in the word together. What, how should we view this when we come together to be in groups together? Now, I wanna share about small groups, and I'll share this twice, one now and then once at the end, because you might wanna be looking at it right now, and, and that's this. There's two ways to find out more information about groups here at Big Valley Grace Community Church. One is, you can take your phone, your smartphone, point the camera at the QR code, and it'll bring up the website that we have about groups. That's, that's way number one. You could do that right now if you wanted. Also, Pastor Lonnie and his team are in the lobby here on the Modesto campus. And right after the gathering, you can go out to the lobby and you can find out more information directly from his team. So there's two ways to do that. You can use this code or you can go out to the team. And I'll share this again at the end. But I wanna make that information available to you. So six views to guide our interactions as we gather together in small groups. View number one is to see our lives from a heavenly perspective. If God the Father and God the Son see us as seated at the spiritual table, well then we need to join in that perspective. We need to see our own lives from a heavenly perspective and we need to see the lives of other believers from a heavenly perspective. In verse one again, we'll look at verses one and two. If then you've been raised with Christ, seek, seek the things that are above. So be focused on going after the things that are above. Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above. So have your thoughts be about the heavenly reality, not on the things that are on earth. You know, there's a danger that we can have, and the danger is that I don't see myself from a heavenly perspective, and I don't see other believers from a heavenly perspective. The danger we can have is that we focus solely on the flesh, and we focus solely on appearances. Well, why might we do that? Well, because there's a lot of money being spent to tell you that's what's most important. A lot of money in our world is being spent so that you might believe the only thing that matters is outward appearance. The only thing that matters would be things of the flesh. And we need to not fall to that trap. But we need to be seeing our own lives from a heavenly perspective, how God would see us, and we need to see the lives of other believers from a heavenly perspective, how God sees them. So view number one is to see our lives from a heavenly perspective. See, view number two is to see our old sinful lives as dead. It's really important. Scripture says that, that our old life has been crucified with Christ. You know, we're to pick up our cross daily. And man, we, we've died with Christ. And with the baptisms that just took place, they, they went under the water to represent that their old life was dead in Christ. And we need to see our, our, our old sinful lives as dead. Our passage in verse three says, for you have died, so your old you has died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Let me, let me bring this, uh, let me illustrate this. I, I don't know about you, but when I get invited to, to go somewhere and, and there's gonna be a meal, you know, there's an event, I always ask what's the dress code. Because it's awkward. 
when you show up in, in shorts and flip-flops and people are like wearing coats and ties and stuff, like that's just awkward. And I'd rather, you know, know what the dress code is or even dress more than what I thought and, you know, we'll dress down a little bit once we get there. But you know what is no good? Is when you try to put on your old corpse, your old self, and drag the old corpse to dinner at the spiritual table with the family of God. It's no good. The old corpse didn't get an invitation to sit at the table. The new you did. And we need to be careful about, you know, picking up the dead self and wrapping it around like a garment and coming to dinner. For you've died. And your life now is hidden with Christ in God. Your old corpse isn't welcome to dinner. And wow, we want to encourage the person who's next to us and see him in that light too. See our old sinful lives as dead. But view number three is to see our new lives are in Christ. So not only is our old life dead, but we have new life. And that new life is in Jesus Christ. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. It's really important that I see myself from the perspective God sees and that my life, the only thing I have in life that is life is Christ. Christ is life. Christ is my life. And that I would see brothers and sisters in the Lord in the same way and I would see that Christ is life. And we'd see our true life is in Christ for both the new me and for all other believers. Our life is in Christ. See, our new lives are in Christ. View number four is daily put the sin in me to death. And, and this, is, this is important. We all got stuff. We all got stuff we deal with. And every day, we need to put the sin that we have in our life, we need to, we need to kill it. We need to put it to death. Look at this passage as it goes on, as we look at verses five through seven. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. And now it's gonna list a number of things. It's, it's not the whole list of possibilities, but it, it'll get you on the right track. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, so on account of these sins, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked. So we used to live like that. The old you lived like that. We used to walk in these things when we were living in them, when we were living as the old you. So wow, we need to put that to death. We need to put that sin to death. Now I wanna share with you a resource, a tool that's been a great encouragement to me when it comes to daily putting sin to death in my life, okay? And it is the tool of Celebrate Recovery 12-Step Study. All right, and it's a fantastic tool. It's basically a really long Bible study and it helps to evaluate what's going on in my life and to see, okay, what are the sins that are in my life that I need to put to death? Now, if your list is short, you might make it through that study in about nine months, but if you're like me and most everybody else, it's gonna take a year or longer to go through the 12-step study, Bible study. I've probably been through it five times, I think. It is an incredible tool. It's an incredible resource. Because we all got stuff, and every day, I need to make a decision to put the sin in me to death, to kill it. To not let it rule in my life, but to put it away. 
So put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. View number five is to daily put my sin towards others to death. Because not only am I sinning and it's, infect, it's infecting, that's, that was a good slip, affecting me. We'll use infecting, that was fun. It's infecting others, right? My sin doesn't just impact me. My sin is hurting other people. And I need to put my sin towards others to death too. And this passage, it goes on to talk and list a bunch of sins that it's pretty hard to do these sins on your own. It'd be a lot easier to do these sins if you had somebody else with you. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you've put off the old self with its practices. Wow, so when we think about seat number three, the new you, and how seat number three interacts with seat number four, all of their believers, wow. Wow. One of the perspectives God wants us to have is, you know what? The sin that we're trying to, you know, sin towards others, we need to put that to death. We gotta put it away. That's the old you. That's bringing the old corpse to dinner. That's bringing the old flesh to the dinner table. And we gotta put that away. Now, I wanna give you maybe a tip or a tool when it comes to when you got stuff between you and another believer, you and a brother in Christ, you and a sister in Christ, and I would share this tip. When things aren't good between you and another brother, you and and another sister, my encouragement would be to simply this. Go to them and look them in the eyes. Why? Well, when you go to a person and you look them in the eyes, what you see is the hand-painted eye that God gave them. It's the only one like it. And you will be reminded that they have been made in the image of God. And as you are reminded that that person has been made in the image of God, you see what God does to soften your heart to really desire and wanna have reconciliation with that brother or reconciliation with that sister, recognizing you both have been made in the image of God and he's your creator. We're all gonna have stuff. We're gonna have things that happen between us and another believer. Go to the person, look them in the eyes, see how God might use that moment to really bring healing in your relationship, to bring reconciliation. Because what the Lord wants us to do is he wants us to put off that old self. He wants us to put it to death. And when we have interactions with one another in the body of Christ, that they would really be healthy. So we gotta go to people. We gotta look them in the eyes and we gotta ask God to work. So the last one, view number six, and this one really opens up a lot of opportunity for seat three and seat four to be interacting with one another. And that is really to see the opportunity to build one another up in Christ. As this passage continues, it's gonna list a number of spiritual truths that, you know, when we think about ourselves in seat three, as we read through this passage, these are opportunities to really build truth into seat four. It's for us to build truth into the life of another believer. Incredible, incredible opportunity. So let's walk through them. The first is regarding image. In verse 10, having put on the new self, so the new you, having put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. And so, wow, there's an opportunity for you to recognize you're being transformed into the image of Christ. But there's also an opportunity for you to encourage the person sitting next to you 
They're being transformed into the image of Christ. And let me tell you, that message will never get old because every person in the body of Christ needs to constantly be reminded we have been made in the image of God and that we have been redeemed by God and he is in the process of transforming us into the image of Christ. We need to constantly be reminded of that. It is such an important truth to encourage one another in. And you have the opportunity, when you gather in groups, when you gather with other members of the body of Christ, you have the opportunity to really invest in them and to build them up and to encourage them that they have been made in his image and they're being transformed and renewed in his image. I'm gonna share with you a picture. This is a picture of a fire pit. This is the location where my small group meets. And I want you to know, around this fire pit, my wife and I have observed some incredible things. We've seen people be encouraged that God made them in his image. We've seen people be encouraged that God is renewing them in his image. We've we've seen couples kind of explode, if you will, and then God bring it back together. Restore, reconcile, marriages be healed. We've seen around this fire pit, God put a call on people's lives, call them, have people respond, and they literally get up and go follow God, you know, onto a new adventure. It's incredible. When we gather around a circle, whether it's a table or a circle or wherever it is, when we're gathering in a group with people, we have an incredible opportunity really to encourage one another that we've been made in his image and we're being transformed into his image and God's not done. God's still working on us. We gotta build each other up in that. The next, it goes on to talk about identity. In verse 11, Here there is not Greek and Jew, and that's just identifying two categories of people in that time and that location. It's not exclusive to that. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave-free, but Christ is all and in all. When we come to gather in groups, we've got a great opportunity to encourage one another that our identity is in Christ. That Christ is all and he is in all. It was this week, it was on Thursday that Randy Beauchamp's memorial service was. Randy served at the back door right over here. And the men from his small group came up and stood right here on this platform and they shared the gospel. And they shared about how their group, their small group, encouraged one another in their identity as men that Christ was all. And that Christ is in all. It was an incredible testimony of the encouragement that they had found with one another as men being in a group together. It was a real testimony to God. And you might be a guy here and you're not in uh, around a group like that with any other guys. And I would encourage you, our men's ministry has a new series starting up, it's called Beyond the Walls. And this would be an opportunity for you to come and be with other men and encourage one another that your identity is in Christ and that Christ is all and he's in all. So it's Monday nights right here in this room, Tuesday mornings right here in this room and I would encourage the men to take advantage of that. That's an opportunity to get into a group with some other believers and really encourage one, build one another up regarding your identity being in Christ. The passage continues. 
that were chosen. Verse 12, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. God has chosen you. He's chosen you. He's adopted you to be his kid. And he's chosen you. Here's an illustration. This week, we celebrated, uh, my nine-year-old, we celebrated her adoption day. So, so seven years now, we've celebrated her adoption day. And so I told my daughter, who's nine, I said, hey, thank you for adopting me. And she's like, looked at me weird. And she's like, but dad, I thought you adopted me. I said, well, I did. I adopted you. But on your adoption day, I asked you, will you adopt me? And you said, yes, no take backs. (laughs) You can't change your mind now. It's a done deal. Well, God has chosen you. He's adopted you. And he's not taking it back. He's committed to you. And you need to know that for yourself and you need to be a spokesperson to encourage the person who is next to you that they have been chosen by God, that they are loved by God and God picked them and wants them. What an incredible opportunity to build one another up when we gather in groups. The passage continues, forgiven, Verse 13, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against each other, which we will, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. When I consider, how did I get a seat at the table? The way I got a seat at the table is because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. I gained access to God the Father through the blood of Jesus Christ by placing my faith in Jesus Christ. I've been forgiven. You've been forgiven of sin. And when we consider the people who are sitting next to us, we need to be forgiving also. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And what a ministry that we can have with one another when we gather in smaller groups to offer forgiveness to the brother or the sister in Christ who sits on our left or on our right. The next is love. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. When we gather in groups, we have an encouragement to know that we are loved by God and to build into others' lives. You are loved by God. That we would love God and that we would love people. Passage goes on with authority, verse 15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called to one body. You know what's interesting? Is we like to spend a lot of time sometimes going, hey, who has more authority? Does seat three have more authority or does seat four have more authority? Like, who's in charge? Neither. Jesus is. He's the head. He's the one who every knee will bow to. Every knee in heaven and on earth and under the earth that every tongue will confess. So let's spend less time wondering, do I have the authority? Do you have the authority? Who has the authority? Christ has the authority. And let's let his peace rule in our hearts. And let's encourage one another to really submit to his authority. That his peace would be given to us as we seek him as the authority in our life. We can encourage one another as we build one another up, as we gather in groups in truth. The next verse says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. 
teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. That's why when you gather with believers, have your Bible with you. Expect to use your Bible. Expect to have a moment where you're gonna share something from your Bible with someone else. Have the word of God with you when you gather with other people. Receive the word of God as it's shared to you and share the word of God so that others can be built up with it. We need to have the word of Christ, the truth of Christ dwelling in us richly and we can build one another up in that. The last one is glory, verse 17. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Jesus Christ is the head of the church and it is the purpose of the body to glorify the head. It is the highest value that all of us have for our lives as individuals and for our lives collectively as a church, for our lives when we gather in groups. It is the highest value to glorify God, to give God glory with our lives. We will be living in the fullest of what we have been designed to do when we are glorifying God. And so we wanna encourage one another. We wanna think about our own lives that way and we wanna encourage one another. Let's glorify God together. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So we've looked at the spiritual table, we've looked at the seats at the spiritual table, we've looked at what it should our view be, when we're considering our perspective be, when we look at the spiritual table, but also what can we be doing to really build one another up when we gather together in groups? And I hope that that would really have this passage come alive in your life. And I would encourage you again, regarding small groups, there's two ways that you can find out information for small group. You can take your phone, you can scan that QR code, because we don't want you to miss out on what this passage is describing that is available for you when you are in community with the family of God. We don't want you to miss out on living life, having this be a part of your life. And so, you can find out more information there. You can also, here on the Modesto campus, go right out into the lobby, talk to Pastor Lonnie and his team. We wanna encourage you to get into a group, some type of group, smaller group, where you can be living out this passage. Now, this whole series, the whole reason why we're doing the Members of the Body series, it's an invitation. It's an invitation into healthy, active membership in the body of Christ at Big Valley Grace Community Church. The heart of it is this. Lord, you have assembled believers here at Big Valley Grace Community Church. How can we be the fullest expression of what you want for us as members of your body? How can we be the most healthy together? How can we be the most active together as members of the body of Christ? All for the purpose of glorifying God. So again, I would share with you, we have our membership classes across our campuses, Modesto, online, series campus, and we also have the online on demand. You can go to bbg.org slash member and take advantage of that. Let's stand together, I'm gonna pray for us, and then our team is going to close our gathering as we sing in song. Father God, Lord, as I just look at this table, I just wanna say thanks that there's a seat for me. I wanna say thanks that there's a seat for my brothers and my sisters in Christ. What an incredible reality to consider that you have raised us up to be with you, that we're seated 
in the heavenly places with you. It's really mind-blowing. And so, God, it's just out of great gratitude. I just want to say thank you. Thank you that you even notice me, that you notice us. Thank you that you care. Thank you that you've redeemed us and saved us. And how we have this incredible reality where we get to be a part of the body of Christ, seated with you. Thank you for how much you love us, Lord. And I pray this in Jesus' name and all God's family said, amen. amen.